That was a perfectly timed fart. Joe, I just want to let you know that you're doing a great job. <laughs> I'm trying. Trying here. There it is. It's Friday, September 30th, 2016, and we are Astronauts Anonymous, bringing you the nerdy news one step at a time. Cue the music! Does the music only come before that? Yeah. Yeah, now, now I have to do it twice. <laughs> again. Just, yeah, we'll just start I, I, that again, so... Cue the music, Ryan. Again. Just do that completely throughout the entire episode. I believe Ryan said that the music this time is going to be, like, his favorite song. I got a feeling... That tonight's gonna God, be a good song. night. That tonight's oh my gonna God, be it's in my head already now. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's not a bad part. song, I will say that. It is not a bad song, but it is the biggest earworm. Fill yeah. up my cup, drink, <laughs> mazel tov. I'm... All right, <laughs> so as Dean <Pete> said, <laughs> we're astronauts now, bringing the nerdy news one day at a time. One step at a time. One step at a time. I'm so out of it now. (laughs) It's a very simple slogan. Joe, I'm very simple people. This is the wrong AA. Joe, Joe, I'm going to be be above board with you. You're being very unprofessional right now. I hate all of you. I do. (laughs) I mean, you didn't even bring enough to share, so. Yeah, Yeah, Alex. Party foul, bro. Shame. Yeah. And you know what, Joe? How are you supposed to know? Fucking men like you built the hydrogen bomb. Men like you thought it up. You think you're so creative. You don't know what it's like to really create something. To create a life. To feel it growing inside you. All you know how to create is death. Mom! Sorry, I have the script to Terminator 2 up. <laughs> and it's, it's never not a <laughs> And put the keyboard down. <laughs> well, Alex, besides studying how the entire script of Terminator 2, how's your week been? Uh, it's been pretty good. I saw Magnificent 7 in theaters. Uh, Ooh, really want to see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it was, it was really I know nothing good. about that. What is it's, it? It's a good, fun popcorn movie, you know? Um, you know what? I was really worried that there would actually be something like that. Because essentially, the original seven, you know, seven samurai, seven samurai movie yeah, was absolutely Kirk. just phenomenal. Yeah, great movie. Yeah, um, they doing that with a lot of remakes, which honestly I think is a smart idea, unless you're doing something radically different. Like Ghostbusters was the same way. We discussed this before. Yeah, it's it's not the same film. It's a popcorn flick version of that film. Thank you for opening old wounds. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> um, but yeah, Mag- Magnificent oh. Seven. It was it was perfectly serviceable. You know. It hit all the beats it needed to. Denzel Washington and Chris Pratt had awesome chemistry. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was it was fun to watch. The only character who uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's character was uninspired, and I'm actually surprised he keeps getting acting roles. But that's just because I don't like him. Uh, <laughs> so you know how I said in, in Daredevil, he looks like the world's largest baby. Yeah. Or he looks like a regular angry baby inside, like, a human suit, like Krang, but instead of the stomach, he's in, he's going in from the head. Um, in this one, they put a comical fake beard on him, and I think he has a clause in all of his movies where he's like, I want to make up my accent, and you can't say anything no matter how weird it is. 
Because Chris Pratt's like, I got a fake Southern accent, because this is, you know, and Denzel Washington's like, I'm just going to be Denzel Washington on a horse. Yeah, which is smart move there. This is, this is all you're getting. Um, he and Ethan Hawke have this training day reunion, which is really weird, because they're both so old now. Yeah. Um, but, oh, then, but then Vidoff comes up, and they're like, oh, you're a famous Indian scalper. And it's like, wow, way to say that in front of the Native American who's right there. And then he starts <laughs> yeah. talking, and Vincent D'Onofrio's like, By the grace of the good Lord, we are going to come together! And I was like, what is that You're noise? Piercing. What oh is God. that? It's like, it's like alien parasites are trying to speak for him. <laughs> um, and he makes that like voice... a childish version of the aliens from Independence Day. I guess, but I'm like, like I can understand fake Southern accent. Like I know where Chris Pratt's coming from. <clears throat> I can understand Denzel Washington's Denzel Washington accent. Like I understand mm. where that's coming from. I have no idea what Vidoff was drawing from. I think he was just like, I'm here. So I might. I think maybe he was trying to bring down the movie from within. Like a spy. Does um, Denzel ask Ethan Hawke if he likes to get wet? No, unfortunately. He, and he did not ask, actually, if uh, the lady that Ethan Hawke knew had a liquor license. Haha, two training day references. Um, but no, uh, it, but it was fun. And then I also I watched the first two episodes of, of Luke Cage. Hey, uh, cut, cut it right there for just a second. Oh, I'm cutting it. It's, it's cut. Now, um... <laughs> Can you guys not hear? No, I can hear. What are you talking no, about? No, I was dancing to the music. Oh, God! <laughs> I said they're like going at them both and they're making like these faces I thought they couldn't hear. God damn it, Fiat. There was music. You guys couldn't hear it? Maybe it was the song in my heart. Fuck it. Roll the intro music. Joe Jerk! <laughs> you know what? No, we're not even cutting this. This is staying in. That was great. All right, go ahead, Alex. I'm sorry, man. Uh, no, it's okay. As Vincent D'Onofrio would say, we have to trust in the Lord! Like, it's... Oh my god, his, his voice made me... I was so happy. Nobody was sad when he died, by the way. If you're even, like, a quarter accurate on that voice, then that is already ear-piercing. So... Yeah. It, it is... It's It makes no sense either. I would understand it if they're like, oh, he swallowed a tea kettle <laughs> as penance for all the horrible things he's done. Then I would be on board. I'd be like, alright, these are the established rules of the world, and this is Tea Kettle D'Onofrio. No. Mm. And his death scene, he just kind of, like, puts his arms forward and shakes a little bit. It's really weird. Uh, but right. yeah, I've also seen two episodes of uh, Luke Cage, and I haven't gotten all the way through, but I think I'm going to like Luke Cage more than I've liked Daredevil Season 2. Really? I thought Daredevil Season 2 <laughs> We've was seen fantastic. your rant on Daredevil, which, honestly, I think you should write an article about your I think you should just tell us here right in now. the podcast no. exactly what he <laughs> thinks not, No, 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 no. We're not going to waste that much time on it right now. Waste? I thought it was a <laughs> lovely be... read. Joe, we it, we this is not being very time. democratic. I think we should vote on this. We yeah. voted on this before the podcast. We're not voting in the middle of the podcast. Uh, sorry, you've done been vetoed. Alex, go. <laughs> Are you cool with this, Viet? Yeah, I'm. I'm perfectly okay with it. No. Let, let the let the let the juicy goodness fly. So tell us what's on your mind. No. How, how does it feel, Joe, knowing that every episode I'm gonna step on something that you love? <laughs> no, it's not even that. I just like, I am not prepared to talk about Daredevil straight up for an uh, hour. 
Alright, well, no, I won't, I won't take an hour. But, um, first off, I want to preface by saying I love Daredevil Season 1. Uh, I love uh, my homie, Mr. Stardust. I don't know his name. I just know he was the main guy from Stardust. And in fact, I call him Stardust when I watch Daredevil. Um, oh, Charlie Cox. Yeah, there we go. Bam. Yeah. And, I, like, I love the actors. You know, they've got a good team. I even like Foggy. And as I understand it, there's a lot of fan hate for Foggy. Really? Um, the only person really I don't is, yeah. The only person I don't like is Wilson Fisk, who again is a giant baby. Um, <laughs> that's all he's ever going to be. He needs a comically oversized crib, and then somebody needs to just rock him to sleep. Um, and then I missed his, I missed his, uh, his stooge that Karen murdered. But I love the way that she murdered him because when yeah. he's like, "Do you think I'm so dumb that I would leave a loaded gun?" and then she just blew him away, and I was surprised. So I was like, <laughs> I, I like clapped. I was really. What happy. were you like? What were you like? I, 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 I clapped my hands and I went like the Billsbury Doughboy. <laughs> yeah, like what was it Wesley? Yeah, I really yeah Wesley was a really good character. Yeah, the only other time I've reacted like that was when I saw the Dark Knight in theaters for the first time, and when Rachel Dawes is like, "Don't worry, it's gonna be oh boom," and I was genuinely surprised and I laughed. I was like, "Oh, out marvelous." <laughs> Um, but what specifically about Daredevil season two? Are we actually are we turning the episode into this? What? Are we actually turning the episode into this? This is this is we're talking about our lives, Joe. This is the 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 roundtable. I'm giving Alex my time, and so is V. I figured that's what you were doing. You were just <laughs> trying to avoid your your. Now my my problem with Daredevil season two it it is actually from a story and structural point of view where it's all over the place as far as like totally mm-hmm. goes because in Daredevil season one it's very simple you have gang lords who are trying to get land and territory and power in Hell's Kitchen Daredevil's trying to stop that they butt heads mm-hmm. so he's yep. fighting very reasonable and actually well minded bad guys you actually you start to get to know all of like the goons and the henchmen because. They just, like, show up in later episodes with cuts and scrapes and stuff because they're regular members of the community. Um, Mm -hmm. So you really start to get a feel for this world building, right? And then Daredevil Season 2 comes around, and they start off super strong by by introducing Punisher, who I hate Punisher as a comic book character because he's just... He looks like Steven Seagal in the comic books where he has this greasy ponytail and he's supposed to be the Special Forces badass, but he's not. Um... And it's just violence porn. It's just watching it's watching him murder regular goons and then introducing like other superheroes to beat the crap out of him. Mm-hmm. It's very cyclical and repetitive. There's not a lot of development in the Punisher, but they introduced Joe Bernenthal Punisher, and he's amazing. I absolutely I love him to pieces. He's got so much like well, first off, he's got the military high and tight, which I loved. Um, he holds weapons fairly reasonably, like as far as the TV show goes. And his backstory is really well fleshed out, and he just has oodles of character development. He actually becomes, like, a character-driven entity rather than just violence porn, which is really cool to watch. But Although then... that prison scene was pretty violence porny. Oh, yeah, well, no, no, totally, because <laughs> that is an important part of, like, Punisher. But also, like, Punisher is very emotionally invested in what's going on. You know, you're getting to know him better, and then as you get to know him better, the audience is learning, and you get to see him interact with different people and how he treats people differently. It was a lot of fun to watch. There, were, there was something there for everybody, and I, I love Punisher. Um, but then they introduce Elektra, and this is where just they have so many different moving pieces in the storyline that it starts to lose track of itself. Because you have this crime of the century, trial, punisher sort of thing going on, and you think that would be the overarching arc for the entire 
season, but it's not. Wait, are you saying that they managed to Spider-Man 3 a series? I, I That's exactly what I'm saying. It suffered from a super Ooh. overabundance of villains. Because they had, they had Punisher as a villain for a little bit, they brought Kingpin back as a villain, they brought back more ninjas, they brought back Elektra, they brought back more ninjas, they brought back weird blood demons, they brought blood, it... Blood ninjas were cool! In 1985... <laughs> that's when the Lost Just ask the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles! And, and then they have the Ninjas least... are cool! And they also, and by introducing Elektra, you have the least Greek, Greek woman ever. She's supposed to be the daughter of a Greek billionaire, she's supposed to be Greek, and she sounds like an extra in Downton Abbey. Um, <laughs> where he's like, oh, Electra Nachios, and she's like, chip chip, cheerio, governor! I've just come in off the king's tide! And, you know, and it's, and she's all over the place, and instead of really developing anything, really, she just apparently is sexually attracted to violence, and then turns Daredevil into a giant a-hole. That's honestly kind of how Elektra is, though, in the comics, too. Which, which is fine in the comics, because comics can be rather silly. And by silly, I mean super silly all the time. But well, Yeah, but how, I, I didn't know that's how she was in the mm-hmm. comics. Yeah, that I actually mean, is. If that's being, why she became a mercenary in the first place. If they're being true to the character, like, uh, that was kind of weird, how she, like, got turned on by murder. But... Yeah. Have you ever seen snuff porn? I don't think anybody here has watched no, snuff porn, or, unless you're trying to tell us something. Do you want to tell us about? Oh, come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to at least seen one snuff film in your day, right? It, am I the only one? Hard pass. And up next on Revelations of Viet. <laughs> so, uh, Alex, more about your hatred of Daredevil. Oh, yeah. Two. So so you have um, you have this Downton Abbey <laughs> British ninja, right? And she's just murdering people just cause. And Daredevil is not making any money, yet somehow can afford his amazing penthouse apartment. And I was telling you guys earlier, I don't care how big the stupid neon billboard is next to that window, like, people would murder in cold blood for that penthouse. <laughs> Wait, Even nice blackout blinds. Yeah, in, in, Cl- in Clinton, New York, like which is where Hell's Kitchen is, Hell's Kitchen is a penthouse. Hell's Kitchen. Kitchen. <laughs> no, it's, it's, really called, it's called Clinton. But no. a penthouse of that size, even if it had a fifty percent discount, would still probably run anywhere between seven and ten thousand dollars a month. That's insane. And, and and Daredevil has no clients, does not do his job. The only people who do his job for him, he fires. Randy, and you then, do prefer that this is an alternate where alternate universe? Cl- yeah, where Clinton never but not Clinton. Chelsea the the Hell's Kitchen area never got gentrified and also got mostly destroyed a couple years back during an alien invasion. How do you know that? Because it's in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, well, also, it might be in the comics, but the MCU is most no, notably different. Well, also, in the if, also if you're, if you're, but if you're telling me that every other apartment looks like absolute crap, except for <laughs> that Murdoch's apartment, which is this beautiful real estate wonderland, that would make it even more expensive. Well, I don't know what the other... Actually, you look at everybody else's apartment in that, too. They're all pretty They're all pretty nice. Jessica Jones? Except for Jessica Jones. But she doesn't live in Hell's Kitchen. I thought she lived in, like, that general area. Yeah, but Hell's Kitchen area is actually very small. How could all of the side characters not meet if they were <laughs> Do you know everybody on your block? <laughs> yes! I do! 
And if I was um, in Captain America's universe, me and him would be buddies. Go on, Alex. Oh yeah. Um. And 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 don't get me wrong. Like comic books are allowed to do crazy stuff, and there there always has to be like a suspension of disbelief. But with just everything that was going on, you had all this crazy stuff, and they didn't really because they didn't focus on any one thing. Nothing really got explained. So the creepy blood demon children that really was never dealt with. Um, the the ninjas. I mean, they were there, and I there was a, a fight. And then, and then also, like for the final climactic, awesome battle, uh, Punisher was brought back from his imprisonment to fire one shot with his M4 rifle. <laughs> and then there's this whole there's this whole moral thing where Stick is like, "I need somebody who's got the stones to kill someone, Murdoch. Why don't you hire Punisher? He'll murder everybody, and he has a gun that already <laughs> yeah. makes him." A hundred percent better than any than any ninja. Punisher's not gonna follow orders. He's a mercenary. Yeah, Punisher's not a mercenary. Punisher never takes money. You just have to be like Punisher. Those ninjas are those ninjas are killing children and veterans. Yeah, but he would also then kill you if you try to order him to kill somebody. You don't have to order to manipulate. Yeah, Punisher's not that dumb though. And, but yet, somehow, like... He's they really don't... not. He's an intelligent char- character. He very much is. But they don't even try to talk to Punisher, and they talk to the one guy who never kills, as opposed to the guy who kills all the time. Like, why didn't they yeah, find that I mean... out in Craigslist? Needed. Ninja murderer. <laughs> we need a guy to do somersaults on rooftops and not really accomplish a whole lot. Uh, oh, like the entire sport of parkour. And, you yeah. know... <laughs> Speaking of qualms with like Daredevil season, what was up with Elektra and her being like the ninja god thing? She's the black sky. I don't care. I don't care what word they use for it. She yeah. was the ninja what, god. Which means what? Is she the sky? She it, well, there's no black sky in the comics really, but basically she is. Um, she's destined to become the <laughs> basically. Destined to become the what? Destined to become their leader. I am the, a, the leader of the who? Of the stick of the or the hand or the, the hand. elbow? <laughs> <laughs> like, it would be cool if a little, if they explained a little more than nothing at all. But I think and, the reason they're doing that is it's supposed to be a slow burn. They're going to, because they we still have but Luke Cage, we still have uh, Punisher, we have Iron Fist, and then we have Defenders. Well, they managed to slow burn Avengers. Yeah, and and, and, yeah, and over the right talking, course and of is, five years. And actually, I, I put together I a list this. of of the general arc that the story goes in. Let me actually pull it up. Um, where I, I I put a basically a timeline together of season two of Daredevil and uh, what I thought was kind of silly about it. Because you know, like a spider diagram where it just kind of explodes everywhere. Well, yeah, yeah I, I, it's, I it's all follows. covered in like. Strings and like little pinpoints. Well, on I think it follows a pretty set standard for a lot of TV shows. The first season, you always keep it self-contained because you don't know if you're going to get another season or not. So season one is always self-contained of almost any TV show, unless you're Firefly. It, well, that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> but season two, you realize you can span out a little bit, so they don't answer all the questions in season two a lot of times. They didn't is, answer any of the questions though. But I, mean, I don't think it made it a lesser series. I no, it, no, I disagree with Alex on that. I thought it was pretty good, yeah. but well, and, and actually, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you yeah. where my where my now. This is just a personal thing. This is just coming. I'm I'm not bringing the logical problems with it because I do love to nitpick. But there was one emotional moment that basically made me divorce myself from Daredevil and just want to support the Punisher 
and that was, it's in one of the later episodes, when Foggy is doing this case to defend Punisher that he never wanted to do, and yeah. Charlie Cox is too busy sleeping with uh, British Victorian-era Electra Ninja, and he's doing nothing. He's somersaulting up and down buildings a little bit, but he's not really getting anything done, he's not helping with the case. And they end up, like, losing the case, and Foggy's doing all this work, and he's getting treated like, like crap. And then at the end, Foggy's like, well, if you're not in, into this, maybe we should just dis, you know, dissolve the practice. And Actually, uh, both times, wasn't it because Electra was, like, severely hurt? So he stayed up, like, all night helping tend to her wounds and stuff? No, one was just... No, no, no. It was just slash murder call. Yeah. Mm, I honestly don't, because I remember the one time she got cut in the side when they were at the train yard. During a booty slash murder call. <laughs> Still, nonetheless, though, she had a deep cut on her side, and he stayed up with her and tended her wounds, and then it showed because the Because of the booty slash murder call. Because of the next thing, that's, he did show up, but it was late. Hashtag was, booty slash murder call. Yeah, there was there was sex involved, and <laughs> and while granted she was injured, drop that billionaire lady off at a hospital like she's got insurance. <laughs> I don't Probably. care how good God, your stupid is. ninja poison is, like she's gonna be okay. Get her like an MRI, get some blood tests, get Doctor House on the scene. She she'll be all right. She'll make it. Work. Actually, no, because Stick did say that they didn't have the cure, so they need to. He, Matt did try and take her to the hospital, but Stick told him told him not to. MacGuffin poison. Yeah. And then they were like, oh, you gotta just abandon Foggy for the entire case. He did like, show up for that case. The second time was whenever she got, like... No, the first one was not the poison. The first one was she just got cut in the side during the train yard. The oh, second the, one where he didn't show up, that was... Well, no, actually, and, no. That and, was and also the one that Foggy where, told him not to show up to. Well, and there was the one where call. Electra intimidated a witness and thus compromised her. Because, yeah, that... Yeah. yeah. So... Murdoch was just ruining this whole thing, right? And bear in yeah. mind, another man's life was on the line, but he didn't care because he couldn't sleep with Joe Bernenthal. Joe Bernenthal kept turning him down. Truth be told, though, also, if we're going by the, the source material, that is very true to Matt Murdock. Matt oh, yeah, Murdock, you want to talk about Batman's kryptonite is I'm pregnant? Matt Murdock is, he reveals his identity to anybody that's above a B-cup. Yeah. Just, Yeah. Um, and then, and so there's a scene where Foggy's like, let's just dissolve the practice. And rather than try and salvage this friendship, because Foggy has literally given up his career, his financial security, his physical safety for Daredevil. And Daredevil's like, you know what, fine. We're just not going to be friends anymore because I can't sleep with you. And Foggy... Yeah, no, that's very much Daredevil. That's very much Matt Murdock. And Foggy is like, you know what, I'm done with you. And then he, as he's trying to leave, Daredevil grabs Foggy's arm and says, hey, don't you walk away from me. That, I lost it. I stopped supporting Daredevil. I was like, get your greasy hand off of him. That, <laughs> He's a dick. That beautiful, long-haired teddy bear has been doing everything for you. <laughs> and you need to give him the respect he deserves. You're dragging him through the mud, Murdoch. You know what? Fine, Foggy. Go be on Jessica Jones, because you don't need Daredevil in your life anymore. <laughs> in fact, I would be happy just to watch Fo Foggy go on a bunch of adventures with, with frickin' Punisher. <laughs> Foggy and friends. As, yeah, as, like, as that was, I do have to say, like, I don't think I think it was a good idea to show that side of him. Like, yes, he's the hero of the story, it does not necessarily mean he's a good guy. Like, it it's okay to show that the main character is kind of an asshole. Sangeef not bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> but he put his hands on Foggy. 
Yeah. He, he put his hands. I, I, if, if someone put their hands on me like that and I knew they were vigilante, I would have gone up to the judge and be like, "Your Honor, my partner is Punisher." And well, I could prove it because I totally took photos with my phone while he was sleeping. Here's he wasn't his Punisher. Here's <laughs> a, or whatever, Daredevil. Daredevil. But yeah, I'd been like, <laughs> I'd been like, here's his ninja helmet. Here's him banging Electra. I took that from outside the window. Here are his nunchuck sticks. Um, I would just dime him out because at that point he doesn't respect you, and then he sucks. And then, then no, no, this is all from an emotional point of view. All of what I just said in this like thirty or two minute block has no basis. <laughs> that was just the point where I was like, you know what? I don't even care about Dare, about Daredevil anymore. I'm just looking forward to the Punisher show. <laughs> but I like Luke Cage actually because unlike some other shows that have just that will not be mentioned, Luke Cage is act is real New York poor. You know, where it's like paying rent is impossible when you're kind of living in poverty. I think they represented that fairly well in Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones, they did it. A, they did it kind of okay, but because um, she had uh, she had that Matrix money, because Carrie Ann Moss was like financing her and stuff like that. Um, but she still had basically had a legal sugar mama through a job. She did work. Yeah, as a as a goon for. Uh, for Trinity. If you had superpowers... She had her own private practice, too. And, yeah, she had her own private practice. But if you had superpowers, and that was... You could punch stuff really, really hard, how would you non-violently use that to your, like, financial benefit, Alex? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I'm... One I'm man saying, wrecking crew. I'm saying that they definitely do a better job. Jessica Jones definitely does a markedly better job at showing being poor in New York City better than Daredevil. But I feel like Luke Cage does a better job at showing being poor than Jessica Jones. They were better than showing poor being poor in New York than Friends were. Yeah, yeah, where they lived in millionaire yeah. apartments. Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, I With guess their crappy waitressing because, job. Yeah, where they didn't work, where the 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 cafe they like to eat at, they had a couch that was reserved for them. Man. You know, in the storyline of Friends, that couch was reserved for them, right? Yeah. Like, other people weren't allowed to... It, that's insane. Um, it was like the actors, it, rather than the characters. You know what I mean? Because I could see Matt LeBlanc, like, buying a restaurant. <laughs> and then it's only if he has anything better to do. Yeah. But, um, oh yeah, but, like, uh, but Luke Cage, like, I've only been two episodes in, but I've really liked the character development so far. I've loved, like, how they introduce people, how they sort of flesh people out. It's It's really kind of like a slow burn. There's one overarching arc. You get you immediately get to know what's the bad guy, what are the stakes, and there's just one goal. There aren't 40 storylines with like blood babies and <laughs> and death ninjas jumping around. Uh, there's none of that. Although I'm trying to imagine Luke Cage just react to a bunch of somersaulting ninjas in front of him. You know, I'm starting to think that maybe you are just racist against ninjas. Um, ninjas were incredibly effective 400 years ago. I mean, I'm see, willing to say they're still effective now. You don't like. Have, have you seen any ninjas ever? Yeah. <laughs> I, there, there, there's an Onion article where it's like the 15th annual ninja parade slips silently through San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the guy standing there, he's like, Yeah, I didn't see anything, but I looked in my pocket and there was candy. And they, they announced the ninja parade by putting it uh, by putting a note attached to a kunai in the back of the dead mare. <laughs> um. But, like, no, 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 like, stealth in subterfuge is fine, right? And using, like, the shadows and whatnot to your advantage is fine. 
That's but if you're on top of a roof and if there's a helicopter shining a light a spotlight down and you're just somersaulting, I'm sorry, you suck. <laughs> Everybody can see you. It, your your only advantage was in stealth. Your kunai will not help you. They have a gun. <laughs> I will say though, if they did have Daredevil and they didn't introduce the hand, they didn't have Ninja and they didn't have, um, well, basically any of that stuff, then it really wouldn't be Daredevil. I which I get. That's a part of like that's really that's like honestly, it's kind of like the biggest pony in the Daredevil thing is like ninjas. Whenever they have no idea what they, where they need to go. Once again, thank you, Frank Miller. Yeah, now <laughs> and, and that's the most ridiculous thing. But I think that's kind of like a holdover from the 80s in that I felt like it lost a little bit of its seriousness and practicality. Because watching Daredevil fight like regular goons and get tired and get thrown through walls and stuff, that was so gritty and real and you became engaged. Like you became emotionally mm. involved because it looked realistic. When everybody is somersaulting on top of a roof and under a spotlight, it loses all credibility. <laughs> like, what <laughs> is that, this, American Warrior? Yeah, no, no, at that point it becomes Jim Cotta. <laughs> well, I think hey, Jim Cotta was an excellent movie. <laughs> those were a lot of good points as to why Daredevil two uh, season two sucked. But uh, I think we're out of roundtable time. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm willing to put my scepter down and stop trampling all over the so streams. Uh, Forty-eight minutes. There we go. All right. <laughs> well. No, actually, uh, that was just the start of the call. I think we're at, like, 30 or something. So we've still got half a show to produce. Yeah. <laughs> I say we... Move on. Well... What now? No, with what? I I, uh, I really like the thing. idea of us coming up with... I know we already... We're, we're committed to this, this evil league, right? Oh, our Legion of Doom? You but know it. also... In creating it, naturally the question comes about, well, who could fucking beat these dudes? I think it would be fun if we also came up with a Justice League. All right. And, and tried <laughs> to... Super friends! And tried to reason through who would win. I, I already have my pick. For the Justice League? Mm-hmm. Or the, the, the AA Justice League? <laughs> 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 uh, or how about... Wait, no, wait, wait, wait. What should we call this? Um... The uh, no the um, uh, ESF the effective super friends. <laughs> there we go. Yes, the yes. effective super friends. Yes. Amazing. Well, Joe, uh, who you got? All right, uh, I'm just gonna say the Living Tribunal then. Who? The Living Tribunal. He's a cosmic being that just makes sure there's order in the universe. Party foul, bro. What? Party foul. No gods. All right, we're not going to do gods. <laughs> oh, 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 hold Otherwise, on, hold we on, called Doctor Manhattan for our League oh, of no. Doom. Oh no, Doctor Manhattan was going to be in my in my Justice League. He was going to be another pick, <laughs> except for Osmond Day as Cante. Well, that's debatable, but yeah, I mean, we legit didn't put any godlike characters in the Legion of Doom. We should make we them yeah. like reasonable, not fantastical. I'm like. Yeah, we should come up with some rules, because, like, obviously we could pick, like, any of the Supermen and have a, a legion of Supermen and destroy the league. All right. But, but, but let's make it real. All right, I got another one, then. Another one that's actually a legitimately good pick, then. Forge from the X-Men. I wish I knew who that was. You may Forge, have to explain. Forge, is ba Forge has the mutant power where he can literally build anything. Like... 
You tell him that like you an want iPod? out of scraps. Yeah, he'll he can. You give him a design. Actually, you don't even need to give him a design. Just tell him like, I want a machine that does this. All right. It's it's one of those like quote unquote mutant powers that doesn't make any re- real sense whatsoever. But that's what Forge does. He can literally just create anything. The power of manifestation. Wait, so you could be like, dude, I need a teleportation machine. Mm-hmm. And he will figure it out. Well, that's... He'll start putting metal together and soldering it together and build you a teleportation machine. Now, is it relative... Does the, t- the amount of time that it takes to build a device relative to the difficulty? It is, yeah. But he will figure... Like, that's his mutant power. He can figure out how anything goes together. Huh. I like it. Yeah, right. I, I'm ready. I'm ready for who needs to go on my uh, ES, who needs to go on the ESF. Okay. All right. Tyrion Lannister. Oh. Ooh, is interesting he choice. Is just a good guy though? It, it actually that is irrelevant. Tyrion Lannister is actually not selected because he's necessarily a good guy. Tyrion Lannister is selected because for being literally one of the physically weakest characters in the A Song of Ice and Fire universe, he's yeah. managed to get his way out of every situation and get people who had no business allying together to put aside their differences and unite for a common cause. Yeah. He's but, very intelligent. He drinks and he knows things. Like, that's yeah. his, his shtick. You could, you could drop Tyrion Lannister off in the Legion of Doom swampy Darth Vader helmet headquarters, <laughs> and he would figure out a way to survive there. Yeah, he would. But like, that's... So... Mm. But he's not necessarily a good guy, though. Uh, he's yeah, just well, trying to survive, really. That's well, honestly he, Tyrion's he, whole he thing. Punishes, he punishes people for infanticide. He tries to protect women and people who are otherwise in danger. He's constantly trying to look out for the benefit of like the smaller person, and he's trying to respect the rights of people, even if they've been if their rights have been infringed for thousands of years. Yeah, that's fair. Tyrion has now. Granted, Tyrion's had to make some serious practical calls, but he's always tried to make the morally right decision in a smart, intelligent way. That is true. That's fair. From what I and do. On, know. And, and and honestly, like it's not just enough having powers because Superman is. Well, he's dumb. He's a big old dummy. Um, <laughs> Literally, yes. Yeah, and and Superman needs someone like Tyrion to let him know, hey, maybe you shouldn't just go punching every problem in the face. Like, maybe Die, you and... evil races! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You can't you can't be like Glorian in Journey Quest. Like, <laughs> and, and honestly, yeah, like actually, and in fact, if you look at the Justice League, right, um, Batman is lauded for being this amazing, brilliant genius. Basically because he's the only guy in the Justice League with a college education. <laughs> what about Flash? Okay, kinda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, but like, Batman? Well, brains, brains are actually not very well respected, and they're actually delegated to Batman. They're like, alright, you can be the thinking dude. Batman, yeah! <laughs> Batman's a tactical genius. <laughs> But I mean, it's literally they're like, "What? What? What am I gonna do?" And they're like, "You're gonna do our thinking for us." <laughs> I'm gonna keep throwing stuff into the sun. <laughs> when in doubt, throw it in the sun. Yeah. That that so that's why you need Tyrion Lannister on your ESF. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Oh, and, and and also actually, he ran the city of Marine with no army, no dragons. No connection to the city whatsoever. No, he couldn't even speak the language, and he managed to bring commerce back to the markets. He managed to get like he he had everything as well managed as you could be for somebody who was effectively powerless. I think Amy Dunn could take him out though. 
Uh, only if she married him. <laughs> she would. That's the thing. She would. Uh, now that I think about it, though, like Amy Dunn versus Tyrion in the Marriage of the Century. Like she oh tries to walk God. out the door, and then he puts his finger on the door, and he's like, "I know how this game is played. I'm not Ben Affleck." <laughs> <laughs> Watch that movie again. Oh shit. Oh. Uh, Ryan, what about you, man? Yeah, I brought up this idea, but nothing is co- the only thing that is coming to my head, and he's not even a superhero, but he is a doctor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a guy with a time machine is always good. Oh well, actually. Oh, you weren't talking about that doctor. No. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, out of all of us, you mentioned the doctor, and you don't think of. That doctor. The doctor. Yeah, okay. Like, he's a bit OP, though. Like... That's what we're going for here. Uh, yeah, do you... Well, what do you guys think? Uh, I'll, I'll submit him if you don't think he's well, OP. Well, who's your other choice? I was gonna say Dr. Gregory House. <laughs> Is he really a good guy? He's kind of a narcissistic dick. Yeah, I know, but it was... My brain was like, say house, say house, oh, and I'm like, well, no! <laughs> also, you've got a couple of problems with house, and that is... Any kind of organization, I mean, despite how it may... I'm, Batman had to put the Justice League headquarters in space just to get out of the jurisdiction of litigious organizations that would sue them to oblivion. Mm-hmm. Um, really, like that, I think that's why he did it. Because then he's like, you know, you don't have to worry about the UN in space. Um, and the problem with House is that no no insurance company on Earth would cover him. He would drive your, yeah. he would drive your League of Justice bankrupt. Yeah, and I think I think the doctor is a much better choice because he still does have vulnerabilities. It just so happens that most of his enemies, despite saying they want to kill him, go about it the most weird way, like yeah. convoluted way possible. Like, I, I don't think he'd fare very well against our actual League no, of Doom. No, he wouldn't. No, because he wouldn't. his plot armor wouldn't work in yeah. in real life. All you have to yeah. do with the doctor is like you see him come out of the police box, go. All right, blow up the police box. <laughs> well, actually, the police box is indestructible. Oh, is it? Uh, but no, you see him come Steal out of it. the no, no, no. You see him come out of the police box. Aobardon speeds him into the sun. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, it, it would be worse than that though. Like the Daleks would walk in in like London modern day, and they would see Amy Pond or like her blood just laying there, and they'd be like, "My God, you killed her!" And then he would be really embarrassed, and Amy Dunn would have done it all. She would have been hanging out with Amy Pond in Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, now that you mention it, Joe, that is totally my pick. All right, the doctor. <laughs> oh, okay. The doctor. Oh, wow. Man, that's that's going to be hard to follow Can up. you imagine Doctor Who trying to fight Eobard Thawne? <laughs> <laughs> Which doctor are we talking about? First, it would, second, It would take third? all of them. The I, war doctor. Yeah, well, I mean, technically, if you say the doctor, then according to... Let's stick with a, one doctor. A, according to the rules of the 50th anniversary, you get them all. So, well, yeah, because each one is just a regeneration of the of the other. Yeah, and but, he has a time machine. Yeah. Let's just stick with one as the main Peter Capaldi one is, oh, is, I agree is with my that, favorite 100%. so far. Is he? Really? I thought all people didn't like him. Well, it's it's the it's the cycle of the love and hate of Doctor uh, okay. Who. You much. get a new one and you hate him because he wasn't the last one. You, a couple time, of seasons yeah. go by and you love him. He dies and you hate the new one. It just it's the cycle of Doctor of, Who of Doctor Fair Who enough. love and hatred. 
And, and also, it's the cycle of having these amazing, dedicated actors try to do the best they can with the worst budget and some of the worst writing. <laughs> some of the worst writing, but there are very good episodes. Some of the shit just one every twenty episodes. I think <laughs> I think there was a monkey's paw deal where they told the writers they were like, one of every twenty episodes shall be amazing, but the other nineteen will pay the price. Like, <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's, we'll do that's it. That's kind of true. We should talk about the Doctor Who, actually. No, let's go ahead. No, not oh, right now. No, no let's go ahead. I, I just realized something. If, we are if running out of Doctor, time. If Doctor Who is part of our... If he's part of our effective um, Super Friends, right? Yeah. I think the reason why so many of the of those episodes suck is because Wells of Bard Thawne has already gone back in time and ruined most of the writing and started killing writers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they're already on to us. Like that, it, uh, um, like the the one of the sad parts about Doctor Who is he has no real. I mean, they kind of tout the Master, but one of the last times they showed the Master, he was wearing a hoodie, eating garbage, and I'm like, nobody's intimidated by this guy. Not really. You haven't watched it recently. One of the last times they showed the Master, he was a woman. But was he intimidating? Yes, she or was. Was, he, was, well, she, right was she eating garbage? Yes, she was. She had a vagina <laughs> and, like, boobs. It was scary. He, well, that, did, he didn't know what to do with himself. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but he doesn't have anybody who can match him with his level of power and technology and whatnot. Well, Thawne, Eobar Thawne could. Yeah. Eobar Thawne comes from the future. He's mastered time travel. He knows how to build a time travel device as well as use, utilize the speed force. So even if he loses his connection to the Speed Force, he can still keep up with Doctor Who and jump through the multiverse. Unless those um, time eaters come after him. Time rates. Time rates, yeah. Yeah, but uh, Eobard Thawne knows how to defend against them. and knows how to <laughs> By yeah. just switching bodies. No, no, he... Uh, like, uh, when, when Barry went back, he was like, somebody doesn't know what they're doing. As if you could do it and... And I not, thought the only way he was able to escape them was by tricking them. They never said bodies. No, he never. They never said that. And, no. and I think the reason it, it was also if there was a greater target. Yeah, Zoom yeah, yeah. Was yeah, the greater right. target because Zoom was creating time remnants just for the hell of it. That's right. Yeah. He kept bringing time remnants in just to get eaten by the time rays. Yeah. He just didn't care. So the time. So the Dementors were like, "Well, we got to stop this guy." <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Via? Who's your pick? Oh man, it just did. Basically, we've had some really interesting picks for our effective super friends, and I was actually going to use this one for Legion of Doom, but um, I'm going to go with uh, Zahir, the uh, oh shit, the air nomad from the Legend of Korra. But uh, you mean like... Henry Rollins? <laughs> yeah, Henry yes. Rollins. Actually, you know what? That's just my pick right there. Just Henry Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not a good guy. It depends on how you look at it. He legitimately thinks he's trying to fight for what he... No, like, your if vote you... for Bilbo was bad because it could have landed on the Super League friends. Your vote for Zaheer is bad because... I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, well, I, I, okay. How is it bad? He's a bad guy. Zangief bad guy. <laughs> well, he doesn't for, actually for, hurt anybody else that's not directly opposed against him. He just topples a corrupt dictator. Yeah. yeah that that generally the, is the what Pun he does. The Punisher has been on Justice League Dark, and all that guy does is murder people. 
Wait, Punish was Okay, I, I actually have a secondary pick, so I will tuck Zaheer back into okay. his, you know. God, Zaheer's so fucking awesome. We should go on to the Justice League of Doom, or whatever we called it. Legion. The Legion of Doom. Whatever. Okay. D- Doom. Doomy Doom. I say, yeah, I say right now we, ju- we just add Zaheer to that. To the League of Doom. we didn't have any Legion of Doom characters. Yeah. And I want Zaheer on the Legion of Doom. Zaheer, well, instant League of Doom, dude. Yeah. Well, because the thing is, with Zaheer, I mean, basically... He's mastered airbending far beyond any yeah. airbender, period. And he's honestly not a good fighter himself. Like, the, the fight against him and Tenzin, Tenzin oh, mops man. the floor with and him. And you can yeah. see his movements because that show's very good about actually, like, showing the martial arts movements. Like, mm-hmm. he was just flailing. Mm-hmm. But he was able well, to hold uh, because he's really good at it. The thing was is that Zaheer was either willing or had the opportunity to uh, release himself of all of his connections to the physical world, yep. which allowed him to fly. Exactly. Which led to the most epic fight in that entire series. Oh my god, yeah. Well, and and Zaheer is, he's educated, he's practiced, he's patient. Um, He actually has... the opposite of Aang. He was very calculated, too. Well, he he was really dark, Aang, because he had a very rigid moral code, and he felt like that if people were to have freedom the way that air nomads valued freedom, that you would need to remove tyranny. Mm -hmm. And the tyranny was the Avatar. Honestly, I felt like all of the main villains in the Legend of Korra saga should have been combined into one character named Zaheer. Mm-hmm. Zaheer should have been the guy trying to break the Avatar cycle, and he should have been—he should have had airbending techniques, but not had the powers until season three, and then it could have culminated in a big final battle. That would have been, that would have been a good idea. But oh, the yeah. problem—the problem production-wise with like Korra was that every season they wrote it as if it was going to end, and they weren't yeah. going to get another season. So it has—it um, has tonal whiplash. You yes. Know? Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, there was a lot of character development. I won't lie about that, but that was. I like. I like. I would have. I would have watched. Should have been called the Legend of Genora, but yes, yes. (laughs) And and actually, yeah, if they could have just completely changed Korra, because all that girl knew how to do was go to sleep. She never actually affected the plot in any way. Other people would just fight around her like Genora. Well, I liked her too when she would wake up. (laughs) Two stuff. Every but, fight that tri- every fight that trick was asleep, and she had to have another vision where somebody would tell her that her job is important. She's the Avatar. We know her job's important. <laughs> if, she doesn't, if she doesn't realize her job's important, she should die so that way the next Avatar can be Jinora. <laughs> I mean, that's basically how I felt they were setting up the show, is that yeah. Korra would die, and then Jinora would inherit the Avatar, you know, the Avatar I, state. I, Honestly, the, fin- the final villain in the Korra series should have been a NyQuil bender. Then Korra wouldn't have known what to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she she would have been totally powerless. Like, I love sleep. We're here. She's like, and no, she would have been like, the only thing I can do is get mad that Mako broke up with me again, and so I'm going to fall asleep again even before I get hit with NyQuil, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Just forget this. I'm done with this. Okay, let's, uh, Alex, your rage aside, which apparently you have the superpower to do against everything. Uh, okay. What was your good? <laughs> My other pick was. Uh, is I, I'm still very, very fond of you know Ronin Kenshin, so I actually picked Kenshin's master, Seijiro Hi- the Thirteenth Seijiro Higo. All right. See, like a, a samurai. I, yeah, I he's, samurai. Seen it. Uh, like he's a master. He's a he's a he's a just a master swordsman. So he's he wanders just like Kenshin. Uh, that's true, yeah. Wait, what's his name? And this is from Ronin Kenshin. Yeah, Seijiro Higo. We could use a. Yeah, with you, swordsman. A swordsman. Oh, and that was he the guy? Was he the guy that? Was he the guy that Kenshin? Yes, he was the guy that taught Kenshin. That's right. He has a mullet. I know. That's awesome. No, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's awesome. If you think it's awesome, then you're Billy Ray Cyrus. 
Trees. But actually, on that note, guys, actually, uh, I gotta get running, so we're gonna, okay. this, All right. this episode might actually be on time. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay, okay, well, but... one of us needs to give the outro. Uh, Alex, you should give the outro. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you just give the outro there? I don't want to. Roll the outro music! <sighs> Alright, yeah, uh, this has been Astronauts Anonymous. I'm Alex. This is the worst fucking episode. <laughs> that was Joe. This I'm... is Ryan, and that's Viet. Yep, Sage Rohiko. <laughs> and, and we'd like to say that this episode is sponsored by Pampers, who have provided adult-sized diapers for Joe and his poopy butt. <laughs> <laughs> now cue the outro. Cue the outro. Good night, everybody. <laughs> ah, man, yes. The Skynet funding bill is passed. The system goes online August 4th, 1997. Human decisions are removed from strategic defense. Skynet begins to learn at the geometric rate. It becomes self-aware at 2.14 a.m. Eastern Time, August 29th. In the panic, they try to pull the plug. Skynet fights back. Yes, it launches missiles against the targets in Russia. Why attack Russia? Aren't they our friends now? Because Skynet knows the Russian counterattack will eliminate its, its enemies over here. God damn it. <laughs> Why do I allow these things? <laughs>